0: Today's episode is brought to you by Jimberoo. In 2023, Jimberoo celebrates 40 years of providing quality neurodevelopmental programs for babies and children from birth to school readiness. Jimberoo is the world's only parent child program specializing in research based neurodevelopmental learning that integrates key developmental activities into a comprehensive program. Backed by world renowned experts, Jimbaroo is passionate about prioritising milestone progression and early movement experiences. Why? Because it ensures crucial foundations for later learning and fosters appropriate, normal development at every child stage. To discover more about their innovative programs, go to jimbaroo.com.au today. Hello and welcome. While raising a newborn is an incredible journey filled with a whirlwind of new experiences From the moment they enter our lives, we're catapulted into a world of learning and new information we never knew existed. From trying to best decode baby cues, to the right and wrongs of sleep patterns, to understanding the intricacies of early brain development, we embark on a remarkable adventure of learning and growth alongside our little ones. Today, we are going to be discussing the fascinating topic of primitive reflexes. Now, have you heard of this before? Well, until now, I haven't either. So even more reason to grab a cuppa and tune in as we welcome our special guest, Dr. Jane Williams, uh, a director of Jimboroo and Kindiru. Now, a little bit about our guest. Dr. Jane is one of Austra- Australia's leading child and baby development experts. Now, she has been working with infants, children and parents for over 40 years and her That's extensive really cool
1: hates <laughs> the ex- wrinkles. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and her extensive experience includes guiding the research and education of G- Jimbaroo and Kindiru for over twenty of those years. Dr. Jane's expertise is showcased in the highly successful Baby Program series, Active Babies, Smart Kids. And by the way, that's absolutely brilliant. Now, as a neurodevelopment consultant specialising in early childhood, she has shared her knowledge through lectures and media appearances globally. Now, Dr. Jane's passion lies in empowering parents and grandparents to their strongest influence in their children's lives. Now, with her recent role as a grandparent herself – She co-authored the insightful book, Grandparenting, Grandchildren, offering invaluable guidance on brain development, behavior, sleep, communication, and more. And today, Dr. Jane is going to help us better understand how each little movement of our newborns contributes to unlocking their potential through understanding primitive reflexes and why parents need to know about them. Welcome, and thank you so much for joining us today.
1: How are you? I'm fine, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Now, I have to say it is really exciting to be chatting with you. Now, we've had the honour and the privilege of uh, chatting with and interviewing Dr Tessa Grigg many times, but this is Mm. our first chat that we've had. (laughs) Um, And, you know, just just to sort of touch base initially, I read that you personally believe that parents and grandparents are the most important influence on their children's lives. i just love to know initially... And briefly, like, could you tell us a little bit more about your thoughts on this in particular?
1: (laughs) Well, the parents and grandparents are the ones who have unconditional love for their children, and when you have unconditional love, you can work your way through the challenges of early childhood, and you look to address. The challenges that you don't know how to resolve. And so parents and grandparents work really hard to give their children the best opportunities possible so that they would have the best opportunities later in life. And I I don't think while other people who look after your children care for your children, they don't have that same connection that parents and grandparents have.
0: Agreed. And I understand both Dr. Tessa Grigg and yourself have just attended a conference in London with a focus on movement and um, cognition. Can you tell us a little bit about that as well?
1: Oh, it's very exciting. There's some really great research now that tells us that the brain is stimulated by movement. It's not just about the body, but it's about the brain and the connections that we make are fundamentally based in the movement patterns of life, especially in the first three years.
0: Oh wow. Yeah. goodness. Now mm. look, I've got a ton of questions. I w- yes. really would love to pick your brain on this subject. Mm-hmm. So, but before we dive into those, I just really qu- quickly wanted to acknowledge that we have published your article t- titled Primitive Reflexes: Why Parents Need to Know About Them. Now, for someone who hasn't read your article yet, could you please tell us what it's about and what inspired you to write it? Okay.
1: So, during pregnant uh, during um Uh, development. Babies are a part of their development process is the primitive reflexes that help them survive at birth. They're involuntary movement patterns and they include things like breathing, heartbeat, coughing, sneezing but there are also other uh, movement patterns that help our babies turn their head, move down the birth canal and then to um, be able to keep a clear airway uh, when they're, um, once they're born. So these movement patterns are our baby's first feelings of movement and they keep us alive. They also help us be able to feel how we move our body. So they're all involuntary and when they turn their head, this hand might go up or that leg will raise or they'll curl into a ball or they'll stretch out. So there's lots of automatic movement patterns that the brain says, right, let's get you moving and we're going to show you how, but then you have to take over and your brain has to get voluntary control of those reflexes so that the babies can choose to move how they want to move.
0: Hmm. Well, on that, could you maybe just explain what primi- primitive reflexes are and why they are so important for newborn babies? Is it just that exactly, that, like, for them to be able to have a choice, um, what what movement that they want? Is that right?
1: So the primitive reflexes that they're born with are involuntary movements. So yes. that is it just, it, and it's based often on just the movement of the head up or down or side to side, and it moves the body parts. Oh, look at that. So, uh, and we, But what the babies need to do is to develop control of those um, movement patterns and have a voluntary control, and they do that by practising these movements and then doing some other movements like pushing up on their hands and then turning their head, and gradually these involuntary movement patterns are controlled. The brain develops the pathways that enable it to voluntarily control the movement pattern so babies can choose to move their head but their hands no longer move or to lift their head up without them extending their body. So basically the job of the brain and the baby uh, movement is to help overcome those involuntary patterns and instead have voluntary control over the movements they make.
0: Gotcha. So then how do primitive reflexes contribute to the development of the baby's balance then, like their muscle tone, their head control, their yeah. vision, and the hand foot yeah. coordination?
1: Yeah, they're really important for that because they give the babies the first feeling of what it feels like to be flexed for muscles to be flexed because so, they curl up. There's one makes them curl up, and there's another one that makes them extend their body so that makes their muscles. So it's really important for muscle tone to have the practice of flexion and extension of the muscles. With the hand-eye coordination, when the baby turns its head to to the side, that arm goes out to the side. And the baby learns to connect their eyes to that hand movement. So it helps with hand-eye coordination. There's lots of little things like that. Also hand-foot coordination. When they curl, they start to see their lower limbs and so (laughs) they get a connection with their body. So So they're really important for that. Mm. And so
0: what happens if babies don't gain full control over their primitive reflexes then?
1: Right. So most primitive reflexes should be controlled by voluntary movement by the time the baby is one, and they do that through pushing up, crawling along on their tummies, rolling over, creeping on their hands and knees, rocking their heads and shaking from side to side. All these movement patterns help get the baby gain voluntary control over the primitive reflexes. Then what happens is we have postural reflexes, which are reflexes that are permanent and stay with us for life. They can take over and they give us balance, coordination, posture, and the ability to move in a free and smooth-flowing way and have really good control over our muscles. So the first batch of reflexes, the primitive reflexes, are involuntary, but we need to get voluntary control over them through our movement. And the next set of reflexes, the postural reflexes, stay with us for life and give us balanced coordination posture, the ability to sit still, to balance on one leg, to do the more complex skills like jumping with two feet off the ground, hopping, marching, skipping. And these are the things the brain needs to develop the mature pathways For movement, but also for emotions, for learning, all sorts of different things.
0: Yes. So can you then elaborate, please, on that that connection uh, between the retained reflexes and unregulated Mm. behaviour and and also Mm. just that lack of impulse control, potentially poor social skills and any um, difficulty in learning?
1: Yes. Unfortunately, if children aren't able to inhibit those primitive reflexes, the body's very frustrated by the lack of control that it has. And it uh, these primitive reflexes, therefore, then instead of being able to move freely and easily and with control, the brain has to think about how to implement a movement. It has to override an involuntary movement. And it also has to, um, uh, it also, so it takes an emotional toll so emotionally these children get more frustrated more easily they don't have the ability to regulate their emotions as easily the primitive reflexes if they're still in play will affect a system in the brain called the limbic system and this is a system that helps us learn to regulate our emotions and so when mm-hmm. the primitive reflexes are not controlled The limbic system can't mature and develop because the brain's so busy trying to work out, how can I get this body to move with voluntary movement when the primitive reflexes are saying, hey, you can't do that because I want to do this every time you move your arm out. (laughs) Okay? Yeah, so it affects. And, you know, how do you learn to write with a pen if every time you look to that arm it wants to extend? Yes, yes. So learning is affected, concentration is affected, and behaviour is affected as so, well.
0: So what are some of the signs and symptoms then that may indicate a child has retained reflexes, which you mentioned earlier?
1: Yes, yeah, so the retained reflexes, we can see that. We like to see the babies go through the normal motor development skills, so moving, pushing themselves up, rolling, moving forward on their tummy, uh, rocking on their hands and knees, crawling on their f- All fours. If they don't do that, that immediately sets up a little red flag. Okay, Mm -hmm. what's going on? Why can't why aren't they doing that? Is it because they can't do that because their primitive reflexes are not being inhibited? Or maybe it's because of lack of opportunity. And if we give them the opportunity to do that, we can inhibit their primitive reflexes right so that's one way but as you get older children often they can't bob and jump they can't hop they can't ride a three a two wheel bicycle or scooter because they can't use their body differently because of primitive reflexes. No, you can't do that with that side because this side's got something else to do because I'm telling it, right? This is why voluntary control is so important. So they tend to be delayed in their motor skill development. They also may be delayed in their emotional development. As we've said, it has an effect on the limbic system. And so their tantrums might go on or their two-year-old challenging uh emotions might go on for longer they might um be late in toilet training there's quite a lot of different um things that that these reflexes can affect Mm.
0: yeah so so that's the process of gaining control over the primitive reflexes and how that contributes to brain development is that right
1: yeah, so when you gain control over the primitive reflexes, the brain can then get go to a higher level of connections and learning. And therefore, you can continue to go up that ladder of learning uh, and be able to learn more and more complex skills, be able to control your emotions more easily, be able to do things like understand your bladder and you you can your brain can connect with your bladder and so you have better. Um, toilet training, um, all sorts of things. It affects a lot of different things. And are
0: all all children um, born with the same set of primitive reflexes or
1: do they vary? No, every child should have the same set of primitive reflexes. There's about... That's great to know. There's there's a good six of them. Yes, everyone. If a child, and when a paediatrician checks your baby at birth, they're checking to see those primitive reflexes are active.
0: Wonderful. As they
1: should be. A child who doesn't have a really active set of primitive reflexes would be investigated further (laughs) because there may be a little bit of problem there.
0: So... Going back to some of the things you are saying earlier, I mean, can you please explain for us now just that role of developmental movements such as tummy sure. time, the head control yeah. you mentioned, yes. rolling, crawling, walking, but yeah. in particular in helping babies control over their primitive reflexes.
1: Yeah, the, the body is amazing. The first thing the body does is <clears> it activates those primitive reflexes, right? So when a baby's born, they're strong, they're visible. You can see it when a baby's lying and they turn their head to one side and one arm, um, we call it fencing position. And then when they turn their head back the other way. So what the baby does is it helps them to move their head in the first instance. But then where they start pushing, oh, this is why tummy time is so important, they start pushing their arms down on the mat equally, right? So they start to override that strong desire to move their arms. So they start pushing down and they push up and they can look around without this arm wanting to move, right, or this arm wanting to move. So they push up. Then they, when they push up, then they fall over and roll, okay? So they get the stimulation uh, and you will often see the ATNR pop up when they get a bit of a fright and um but they keep practicing rolling, it's going to help inhibit the ATNR. They keep pressing, pushing up. That's called the asymmetric tonic neck reflex. Big oh, name. Is it's lots, the of position. lots of syllables. <laughs> lots of syllables. Yeah, big names. Ignore <laughs> that. Pushing up, rolling over, and then pulling themselves forward on their tummies in the commando crawl. Really, really powerful for inhibiting uh, those early reflexes. The next one is getting up on their hands and knees and rocking backwards and forwards. That helps to inhibit another one of the reflexes and they shake yeah. their head and they rock themselves and until they've done that they inhibit then they can go forward on their hands and knees. So this is a really important part of the process and then they we know they've inhibited another reflex and they can crawl. And then that crawling it strengthens the, the neural connections of, about the motor skills and so they get really efficient. And anyone who tells you when their baby's crawling, they can go fast, 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 right, they, and then they'll crawl up the stairs so then they get another pattern of movement and then they'll go down the stairs and they'll get another pattern of movement because it's, it's it's you know, quite beautiful. Uh, yeah, it is. And so by the time a child is pulling themselves up onto the furniture, at about 10 to 12 months they should be out that those reflexes should be inhibited mm-hmm. so when they stand up to walk they've got good balance they've got good posture and they will have good coordination once they've practiced their walking and so, so then so, they can go on to do the harder skills
0: mm. so what what are some of the potential risks or consequences then if babies actually skip one of those certain developmental movement stages
1: um th- Look, we all can go through a pattern of development that's slightly different from others, but we do. We at Jimbaroo, we do say that tummy crawling and creeping on their hands and knees is particularly important. But if your baby, if you're listening to this and your baby hasn't done that, don't worry. We can get them back on their hands and knees and doing that cross pattern crawl uh, when they're two and three and four. We can catch them up. The brain is so marvelous with the uh, young children that it's actually quite quick to catch children up. So if they've missed those patterns of development and they still have retained reflexes, we can do something about it. It's not the end of the world.
0: So, I mean, w- what are the specific exercises or activities that parents can do um, or that hmm. you do do at Gymburu and Kindiru to help babies uh, gain control over their primitive reflexes then?
1: Well, in the babies, that's easy. We just get them to go through their natural developmental motor skills stages. For older children um, who uh, perhaps have still got some retained reflexes, look, listen, we might all be living with retained reflexes, but as an adult we've learned what we can do and what we can't do, and it might mean some of us are good at fencing and some of us are good at running and some of us are not good at any of that. It might mean that some of us have messy handwriting and things like that. So we do cope with them if they're not too uh, strong. It's when they're quite powerful still and overriding control. But with with the children in in our Gymparoo centres, we get them down on their hands and knees creeping we get them crawling through tunnels, over things, under things, climbing up, anything that uses the cross-pattern move. We have them jumping. We do all the motor skills that Wonderful. help to inhibit the reflexes.
0: And then how can parents then differentiate between normal developmental movements and signs of retained reflexes in their babies? Um, how, how can they actually sort of at home as well um, get an understanding outside of your classes and in the curriculum?
1: Um, there are several really good um, websites. Well, one, we've got our, if your baby's less than three months old, we have our marvellous um, online free baby classes and there's a whole uh, chapter, a whole series uh, that goes through the different movements and the things that are important for babies. But there's a section on re- uh, reflexes and why they're important and how you can help your baby with that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we'll
0: have um yeah we understand that that you have that free babies reflexes mm. video and we'll have that link um also mm. in the in the show notes as well um and i'd Great. love to know from your perspective are there like any factors that may contribute to the persistence mm. of pr- primitive reflexes beyond the typical time frame as well
1: mm. that's a really good question rachel thank you because if a baby's had a more difficult birth Wow. Sometimes those reflexes can be a bit a bit harder to uh, integrate and to inhibit, and uh, if the baby's a preemie baby and has spent a long time. Um, uh, in an um, isolate or humidicrib, crib. Uh, we need to catch them up. Uh, also, uh, food intolerances and gut problems can really interfere with brain development and the inhibition of reflexes because there's a very clear link between the gut and the brain. And the research is really incredible on this now about how much impact that can have. Lack of opportunity is a big one in today's world. We are not allowing our babies and our children to move enough, not enough opportunities, get them down on their tummies, you know, not enough opportunities to run, swing, hang, climb, you know, crawl, do all those movement patterns that are really important to stimulate that developing brain and to make sure that those reflexes are well inhibited.
0: Mm. So on that, I mean, are there any long-term implications for individuals who have retained reflexes that you were speaking about before? but into their childhood and adulthood then?
1: Well, there can be actually. So if I know quite a few people who work with adults who have retained primitive reflexes and it has an effect on their ability to be emotionally resilient, for example. They they may have a tendency to have depression more easily. So these are things that um, can have a long-term impact if they're not fully inhibited uh, in those early years of development, mm. that's incredible, really. Mm. 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 Well, look, this is a really, really big
0: topic, um, and yeah. lots, lots to take in. But where where can parents find additional resources or information about primitive reflexes and the impact on child development? Like we mentioned, that Jim Baru have that free yeah. baby reflexes video um, that really explains everything that parents need to know about primitive reflexes and how they play a part in the baby's development um and of course what parents can do to ensure that your baby has the opportunities to control the reflexes fully is there anything else um that you can suggest that parents can um sort of read they- handle?
1: Mm-hmm. yeah if if they've got older children, um, we do have some Jimbaroo consultants who are helping quite a few families with the uh, reflex inhibition exercises, because you can do exercises right through. We, I know of an eighty-four-year-old um, grandmother who did the reflex inhibition series of exercises <laughs> and helped her her um, herself enormously. But she was able to cope a lot better with life. It was really interesting. So there's no age limit. There are some organisations um, that work with adults so and older children as well. So just have a look online, type primitive reflexes into the Google. INPP, the Institute of Neurophysiological Psychology, is one from England. Um, Rhythmic Movements is another one. um, uh, And Moira is based in Australia. Um, So there are some very um, leading organisations that are working in this area. And we work closely with both of those organisations.
0: Wonderful. Look, we've Mm. covered a lot of subjects and a lot of ground today on what is a very, very big topic. So if you were to summarise, but very critically important, of course, but if you were to summarise your key messages for anyone watching and listening today, really what are those key messages?
1: One, don't, don't panic. If your child still might have some retained primitive reflexes, we can do something about it. No problem. Um, You just need to seek some assistance. um, Two, Movement is the key to healthy brain development and the inhibition of those primitive reflexes. So make sure your child and your infant have plenty of opportunities to move. Get your baby down on a mat on the ground, stimulate them to to move. You can massage them to get the messages to the brain and say, hey, here's my body, it needs to move. So movement is the key to learning and movement is the key to inhibiting (laughs) primitive reflexes and getting uh, that brain brain to that higher level of function where children have voluntary control over what they do, how they do it, and when they do it.
0: That's wonderful. And if, you know, parents want to, to join any of the programs at Jimbaroo and Kindiru, whereabouts mm. can they find you guys?
1: Oh, well, just go online. We're online and uh, we have centres uh, all around Australia. So just find the centre near you. And if you don't have a centre near you, we have online classes available. So.
0: Wonderful. And we'll once again have all of those links in the show notes. Dr. Jane, it has been an honour and a privilege um, to, to speak with you and very much look forward to many more chats in the near future. But until then, take care and stay safe. Thanks again.
1: Thank you, Rachel. Cheers. Bye.
0: Bye. I'm Rachel Monteleone and you've been listening to Kittypedia the podcast. You can have full access to Kiddypedia by visiting our website at kiddypedia.com.au or following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. We're all here to help make the world a better place for our children and for generations to come. You can start today by helping us reach other parents by going to Apple Podcast, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Thank you for listening and be sure to give my love to the kids.